You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7pm. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Professor Andrzej Zybertowicz, sociologist and the advisor to the President of Poland, Andrzej Duda. Political Periscope. As I remember, a few years ago when we were talking about the artificial intelligence, we were talking about achieving some kind of self-conscious machine, um, maybe some kind of android as we know them from, uh, from sci-fi movies. But is it even an achievable goal? And maybe most importantly, should we try to achieve it? I've got an impression that's a sort of typical question, but I think that from the point of view of safety of the human race, this this issue is, is hugely misleading. I explored the problem of AI development from the perspective of security, both national security and civilizational security. And from this perspective, the issue of awareness, of to what extent is this a true intelligence? Is, are AI systems in any way sentient? And all sort of like issues are irrelevant. From my perspective, that is perspective of, of, of safety of human race vis-a-vis new being engendered by our creativity. It should be focused via the notion of force multiplier. This is a completely new technology, uh, unprecedented in its possible capacity, scales, and a sort of new leverage that could be employed by even without any area of autonomy, without self consciousness it it's it, it right now it's it's a powerful instrument powerful instrument which is at the moment it seems under control of a tiny group of people who disclose to the large audience only some of properties of the systems that they built experts in the field like Geoffrey, Geoffrey Hinton, not so long ago working for Google, who resigned from the work in Google, declared that uh, they are astonished high, how quickly the recent progress in AI system has been achieved. That it's incredibly difficult whether we are now in a sort of dead end, whether these generative models, conversational, conversational models of AI, are close to fulfilling its potential, and it's likely that a, a sort of new AI winter can happen, or are we on a, another ladder, another step of a ladder of growth, which could be triggered nearly overnight? Some experts, like Eliezer Yudkowsky and mentioned Geoffrey Hinton, feel really scared that we are witnessing 
a phenomenon that could be captured in such a phrase. The more developed, the more efficient, the more clever, the more smart an AI system is, the more difficult is it to have it under control. And even now, when we probably in future, if in future humankind is to exist, we may say that GPT-4 is a sort of baby AI system. This system is in many respects more knowledgeable and more capable than any human being. There is not a single human mind on earth that could competently run conversation on so many topics that could pass difficult law exams, medical exams, that would know how to code, how to interpret works of art, and how to produce various sorts of works of art. And what's essential here, it's not that the system is so capable. The, what's essential from the point of security perspective is that there are many black boxing processes that the creators of those systems acknowledge first that they don't know, they don't understand how the system is pursuing some tasks. It's not, that, that point is basically not new because uh, some five years ago, some medical diagnostic AI systems were achieving some results in interpreting, in properly interpreting medical data related to the condition of human brain without, and the we humans didn't know how they achieved this, how they recognize some patterns which are not are not recognizable by human mind, by human experts. But it's very important that we build a black box that surpasses human potential in so many domains. But as far as I understand some enunciation of the scholars that run GPT-4 and that explore GPT-4, scholars say, we don't know, we don't fully know what the system is capable of. We still make experiments in order to, to delineate the, the scope of the potential. On one hand, we have this AI that can be, as you said, a black box for humanity in case of some civilization fall, some major event that affects our way of life that makes us lose our knowledge, for example. On the other hand, AI can lie and it lies and uh, we don't know how to prevent it or do we? Just switch it off. I personally am a, am a strong supporter of the postulate of technological moratorium. In March, this very year, there was a open letter of a number of experts, creators of AI and some essential figures who appeal to postpone for at least half a year development for the most advanced model to go into deep consultations as I understand that the consultations should be international on an international scale, 
and first find some efficient efficient or likely to be efficient measures of having the new system under control maybe we we need time to to not to allow the system to jump too far from us we should not the, my position is i strongly support the idea of technological moratorium that in some respects in regard to some technologies we should pause we should slow down buy some some time for consideration for consultations for building some sort of international consensus in order to avoid unexpected side effects that could be disastrous on a scale that would be unprecedented this ai should be first of all beyond any other aspects which are essential but first of all should be perceived and explored as a force multiplier force multiplier when used by bad people or when used by good people who don't uh, recognize potential consequences of application on a wild wide scale in a way it was a good mistake it's a, it's a wide scale and a wild scale at the moment because making millions of people probably now much more than 100 100 millions of people play use gpt as a toy is a, is a huge experiment on a social tissue social media produced disastrous effects on public communication on social and mental stability of millions of people and they were run by algorithms under control of pretty tiny ai system when compared with chat gpt and there is more and more experts that acknowledge that social media basically engendered more negative social effects like increase of number of of people with strong cases of depression like increasing number of suicide attempts especially among young people and now let's compare potential of conversational conversational models of ai with potential of social media it's probably a difference of of a, of a range of a scale and even applied pretty carefully by people with good intentions that that can produce side effects of unknown consequences an american expert in this field said that gpt is leveraging an laboratory experiment on the social ba- societal body without asking anybody for permission if a, a scholar or a group of scholar want to run an experiment they have to get a, an okay from ethical committee from a university academy of science and likes but now there is a, another after the social media impact another there is run another experiment on a global scale without taking into consideration ethical consequences 
without having acceptance of anybody, then people that accept the rules of procedure of using GPT, as usually they don't read this, and they go into a water that is muddy, and they can put their leg anytime on a broken bottle. It raises a number of questions um, of philosophical nature, maybe, such as potential lack of uh, observer bias uh, if it's an AI that conducts uh, the experiment. But uh, I have another question. You said that it affects our society, and uh, there are many different ways it affects our society. And I think for many people, the growing concern right now is uh, that they will lose their jobs because of the AI, because of the ChatGPT. And at the same time, ChatGPT is a property of one company. Maybe there are some more companies that have mm, similar AI systems available, but still it's very limited. And more and more areas of our life can be limited and owned by companies. Is it true or is it more like uh, fear of spinning Jenny in the 19th century, uh, which finally just turned out to be just a fear, just a pointless fear. Maybe maybe it required people to change the way of their lives, but finally we weren't hurt by it as a society. The p- many people were hurt, but you employed sort of classical, not to say cliché argument. Argument drawing on historical experiences of humankind with new technologies. Then argument, this argument goes as follows. Whenever new, truly disruptive technologies emerge, some people are scared, some are, enthousi- some are enthusiastic, and sort of natural process of absorption, adaptation, and correction follows. We try to reduce negative effects and increase positive effects that are brought by the new technology. And in the previous history of mankind, this pattern of reaction, of adoption of new technologies (coughs) seem to work. But in era of digital technologies, the situation is substantially different. Why? It's, it, it's different in three dimensions at least. First, now these technologies are simultaneously, simul, nearly simul, simultaneously adopted all over the globe. That it, there is a risk when new unexpected negative effects would be visible, there will be no way to go because the technologies would would spread via internet all over the world. And therefore, the, the first argument is the speed of spread of technologies and that that they seem to penetrate all, all globe, all regions. Second, Digital technologies, in a way, suppress analogous techniques and analogous realms, and they penetrate all areas of social life. 
previous technologies had sometimes had deep impact like electricity but the impact was always limited to some zones of social life did the child technologies behave as there would be no limits for they they saturate all areas of human life therefore we have two arguments speed uh, and and global impact quick global impact second that they go into various nearly all domains of social life and the third they penetrate social and human life deeper than any technology before they they penetrate social relationships that penetrate our conscious patterns they penetrate our subconscious patterns and when we keep in mind the potential of genetic manipulate manipulation say via crispr techniques supported by ai modeling we see that this change is to be more dramatic and deeper than any one in history of mankind can it end in a happy way i cannot exclude it but the problem is that there is risk that there will not be a, any happy end and the problem is that those that are proponents of spread of these new technologies techno optimists techno enthusiasts they they seem to completely forget that the precautionary principle let's let me depict this principle in a, such a simple model you come to a reservoir of water you feel very thirsty you, you have to first you have to drink water then to want to swim in the water but you don't know what's quality of the water isn't it poisoned as dirty what happened if you go from the beach to the water maybe there is a underwater minefield maybe there are hostile creatures humankind met such a situations many times and we usually employed precautionary measures we were moving to the unknown step by step and now with chat gpt and like technologies we are jumping or are ahead and drinking water from unknown source without prior checking its quality that's the problem and what's crazy in all this that there is no pressure to go that quickly we are not dying because of lack of water in our organisms we can survive without that speedy development of ai i am as a sociologist and a student of mechanisms of power and and generating huge wealth i know what are non rational reasons of this craze but from this perspective of precaution from this perspective of balancing real needs and potential risks one cannot escape the impression that it is a sort of serious craze we are witnessing craze you mentioned national security what can we as poland do what should we do with this technology 
First, we need more experts that can follow the most advanced results. We have to observe how things unfold very, very closely. But we should not be recklessly enthusiastic to this. We should, even if in America or European Union, but, but as a matter of fact, European Union is behaves in a pretty reasonable way towards new technologies. We have to support those groups within the European Union and, and in the States that put stress on the challenges of regulation, alignment, and so on and so on. We should develop our own systems of AI systems as Poland because it may happen that in the next war, Various AI systems would fight with themselves. And we, we need to be ready for this. But all the arguments that I delivered during our talk should be taken seriously into consideration. We should look at the AI scene from the point of view of weak signals that things might get, go astray and prepare institutional measures of reacting. Is there anything you would like to add? Any question I should ask? You should ask whether relying on AI as a sort of messiah is not a, a, a sign of a pagan despair. Is it? We are looking for good metaphors to capture the new situation. The situation is unprecedented. And when I say that people who are looking for AI as a savior, that would help us deal with climate crisis, with poverty crisis, with nuclear war threat. When I say that these people are behaving like a devoted pagans, I'm just employing all the notions in order to, to shed some light on new developments. And I may be wrong. Thank you very much. Thank you too. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m.